It's been wisely said that no one can ever step into the same river twice. This is Dave Keeler, and welcome to a special edition of Riverspeak. Marie Walter, a first Christmas in 1887 on the Medveditsa River. There are a couple of things that make this a special episode, beyond it being a Christmas edition. For one thing, it's the story of what inspired me to create Riverspeak. You may have noticed that I used the tagline, Stories That Ripple, to describe the podcast. This is the story of the ripple that got the ball rolling. Another thing that makes this a special edition is that the story begins with my grandmother, Marie Walter, my mom's mom, and my discovery of the times, the village, and the river where she grew up. I should probably warn you about something. The story includes a grim period of Russian history and a dark humanitarian event in the early 1900s. I'll try to be brief about it, but knowing the backdrop is essential to this story. And just like a good river, this story meanders a bit. I'll do my best to pull it together by the end of the episode, but I thought it fair to let you know about it up front. Marie Walter was born in late November of 1887, and her first Christmas was in the small German colony of Franck, on the left bank of the Medveditsa River, where her family lived for five generations and where she would grow up. Medveditsa is the Russian word for a female bear, and the location of Franck is said to be near a section of the river that was commonly used by bears to cross. To avoid river confusion, I should point out that there are two Medveditsa rivers in Russia. One is a tributary of the Upper Volga, not too far outside of Moscow. The Medveditsa River of this story is a different river. It's a sweet, calm, meandering tributary of the Don, a major river system in south-central Russia. Its waters generally flow southwest to the Sea of Azor and then out to the Black Sea. The Don lies between two other large rivers, the Volga River to the east and the Dnieper River to the west. In 1887, Christmas time in the colony of Franck probably looked like the images you might conjure up in your mind for that part of the world. Stout wood timber homes decorated with as much greenery as possible, families taking a winter break from the hard work of harvest, enjoying sledding, sleigh rides and ice skating, and youth rattling cowbells in the streets. Christmas time in the colony was cold, with 27 degrees Fahrenheit being the average high and 15 the low, but just right for skating on the frozen river.
By the time Marie was born, the Austrian Christmas carol, Silent Night, had found its way to being part of Christmas in Franck. Franck was a Lutheran colony, and the village culture centered on the church. Christmas carols at this time of year were an essential part of the social fabric. surrounding Franck is part of the vast Eurasian steppe, comparable in both size and landscape to our Great Plains. The steppe lands represent one of the most extensive ecological zones in the world, stretching from the Black Sea east to Mongolia. It is a mosaic of river valleys, grasslands, and highland plateaus. Major rivers such as the Don and Volga snake across the grasslands connecting the coastal areas of the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea with forests to the north. In winter, the steppe is covered in snow, blanketing the fragile, arid-adapted grasslands beneath. Trade and travel to nearby colonies at Christmas time would be through the snow-covered steppes by horse-drawn sleigh or wagon. After retiring from Sonoma Land Trust last fall, I started out on a project to write down my family's history and immigration story to give to our two sons, Spence and Shannon, which I completed this past summer. When I started the writing project, I came to it with my memory of stories of the old country handed down by my parents and other relatives, as well as a box full of correspondence between my folks and a cousin who had done extensive research as a village coordinator for the American Historical Society of Germans from Russia. All four of my grandparents were first-generation immigrants to America, and each of their ancestral families were originally from the region of Hesse, Germany. In the 1760s, following the Seven Years' War, which left Hesse in economic shambles, they were among a large group of Germans that left their homeland to colonize the Volga region of Russia. My ancestors are most often referred to as Volga Germans or Volga Deutsch. It was a little bit confusing to me at first to realize that the Medveditsa River was a tributary to the Don and not that of the Volga, as I found out many of the colonies were tributaries of the Don but it was the Volga River that was the main trade route with the city of Saratov, Russia, a major inland port on the Volga, that being a regional seat of government. The German colonists were actively recruited by agents of an expansive program created by Catherine the Great. 
She was a German national herself, and she wanted to settle and farm southern Russia. A wave of some 30,000 Germans from Hesse took her up on her offer, and by 1768, Russia had established over 100 mother colonies. Catherine the Great's program offered these German people a way to begin life anew with a commitment for a plot of land to farm, freedom to form autonomous governance within their colonies, freedom to practice their religion, plus they were given a waiver from compulsory service in the Russian military. For about a hundred years, Catherine the Great's program generally worked for both Russia and the German people. Following five generations of natural population growth from large families, the number of German colonists numbered 700,000. But about 10 years before Marie Walter's first Christmas in Franck, the Russian government passed legislation in the 1870s abolishing the Volga German program. This made moot any government commitments or privileges the colonists enjoyed. The colonists naturally resisted assimilation into the Russian system, and out of that an anti-German sentiment grew. For about three decades, the colonists were allowed to immigrate out of Russia, and about 200,000 immigrated to either the United States, Canada, or South America. With the Russian Revolution and World War I came the end of the Volga Germans' ability to immigrate legally, and government policies and famine systematically crushed the colonists that remained. In 1941, Stalin ordered some 300,000 German people still living in the Volga region, who by then had been in Russia for seven generations, to be rounded up and sent by train to forced labor camps in Siberia and Kazakhstan. Against this dark backdrop, Marie Walter emigrated to America in 1906 as a single young woman at the age of 19, along with an older brother and younger sister. A couple of years later, she would meet and marry my grandfather, August Sinner, in Culbertson, Nebraska which is a small town on the Republican River in the Great Plains. In 1930, they would move their large family to Fresno, California. I only knew my grandmother for a few short years when I was very young, but among those memories are fishing on the San Joaquin River and catching crawdads on the Kings River for Sunday supper. Oh, and one more memory. At Christmas time, She'd sometimes give my sister and I a little taste of brandy that she kept in a crystal decanter in the kitchen cabinet. Earlier this year, as I was working on the writing project I mentioned, I came across a village map from the Historical Society of Germans from Russia that depicted the colony of Franck as it existed at the turn of the 19th century. The map for me was a real aha moment and I was excited about what I was discovering. I'm fond of a conservation ethic that Aldo Leopold expressed, that when we see land as a community to which we belong, we begin to use it with love and respect. What I saw in the map of the colony of Franck was a tangible expression of that ethic, 
and I began to develop a feeling of what it might have been like to live and grow up there. Let me describe it to you this way. If you were asked to draw a plat map of an idyllic small village that you'd like to live in, a village on an elevated bank of a bend in a meandering river, with family homes organized around a community square and cultural center, and add to that generous expanse of commons woven throughout the village for community agriculture, with designated lots for vegetable gardens, fruit orchards, and pasture. If you were to draw that village, I bet you'd draw one that looked a lot like Franck. What the map told me was, if you grew up in Franck, as my grandmother did, you were deeply connected to the Medveditsa River. From where she lived, it was less than a five-minute walk to the river, to school, to church, to community gardens, and to her grandmother's house. In fact, no matter where you lived in the village, you were within a 10-minute walk of the river and the village square. Any kid growing up there would have lots of stories about fishing, swimming, ice skating in winter, and sleigh rides. Out of that experience of discovering the map of Franck, learning about the Medveditsa River, and realizing that I'm part of the ripple that is Marie Walter's story, the Idea for River Speak podcast sprouted up. What I aim to do with River Speak is to tell the stories of the people that work to save our rivers. And through telling these stories, I hope they inform and inspire river conservation. In particular, I try to focus interviews that highlight their work in the areas of addressing climate change, biodiversity, and social equity and justice issues related to our natural resources. For humanity to endure, we must be kind, listen to what others have to say, and respect, celebrate, and include indigenous people and populations from around the globe. I'm hopeful that we're entering a period of renewing healthy relationships with each other and with our land and rivers. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. I'm Dave Kaler, and thanks for listening. All rivers have stories that ripple, and to listen to other episodes or find out more about Riverspeak, please visit my website at riverspeak.org. Very Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to leave you with a German Christmas carol from the 17th century written by Michael Pretorius. <laughs>